I'm Jane Hubbard, here with another snippet. It's a pleasure to welcome Dr. Tracy Johnson, currently a professor at UCLA in the Department of Cell and Developmental Biology, where she holds the Cecilia and Keith Terasaki Presidential Endowed Chair in the Life Sciences. She's also the Dean of Life Sciences at UCLA and the Senior Associate Dean of Biosciences at UCLA's David Geffen School of Medicine. And Dr. Johnson has been an HHMI professor since 2014. She's also the 2023 president of the Genetic Society of America, and it's just one of the many ways she serves the scientific community. Tracy Johnson majored in biochemistry and cell biology at UC San Diego, then earned her PhD at UC Berkeley, studying the biochemistry of RNA-RNA polymerase II complexes. She went on to do a postdoc at Caltech, studying spliceosome assembly. In her own lab at UCLA, she's discovering exciting regulatory connections between RNA splicing, histone modifications, and cell metabolism. Tracy's the recipient of many awards and honors, including an NSF Career Award and a Presidential Early Career Award for Scientists and Engineers. In 2013, she was named on the list of the top 20 women professors in California, and in 2020, on the Cell Press list of 100 inspiring Black scientists in America. Tracy Johnson's current work centers on fundamental questions relating to RNA splicing and how it intersects with chromatin modification and glucose availability. We'll hear more about that in a later snippet. Most of her work has been with baker's yeast, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, the stuff that makes bread rise. I asked her to tell us why yeast is such an attractive organism for research into fundamental biological questions. Thank you so much, Jane, for this conversation. So yeast has really been an amazing system. Um, Some of the most fundamental questions in biology with real impacts on human health have been first studied in yeast. For example, famously, Lee Hartwell's studies of cell division and DNA replication used yeast to reveal genes that play crucial roles in cancer. So this is just one example. There have been, I think, 11 Nobel Prizes for fundamental discoveries that have come out of yeast work. So, okay, so why is then yeast so great as a system? Um, Well, first of all, it's incredibly amenable to genetic manipulation. So uh, you can make a modification in a gene in yeast and then ask what happens to the cell. It's also biochemically a great tractable system. Um, So it's possible to take what you learn in genetics and then recapitulate it in the test tube to get at deep mechanism. Um, It obviously grows quickly, and it's a relatively inexpensive organism to work with, so that just really blows open opportunities for creativity. And I think one of the really striking aspects of working with yeast that's benefited my lab is there's just this amazing yeast community that's really wonderful. There have been tools that have been developed for the whole community to use, For example, there's a yeast deletion collection so that you can go online and order a particular uh, genetic mutant and then analyze it. And there's a lot of transfer of information and collaboration and databases. So the tools that have been developed by the yeast community have made it really a, a terrific system in addition to all of the other scientific ways in which it's been able to help us really advance fundamental knowledge. So... All that said, if you think about RNA 
splicing, most yeast genes don't even have this process going on. Most of them don't even have introns. So why is yeast then such a good system to study RNA splicing? It's a really important question. I mean, what's remarkable is that although the yeast genome is very streamlined, as you've indicated, um, the splicing machinery in yeast and mammals, for example, are nearly the same. So the same small nuclear RNAs that are part of the machinery, they're structurally and functionally conserved. Um, if you look at the core proteins in the spliceosome, there are over 100 of them that have been well-characterized in yeast. Uh, those are found in the same complexes that form in mammals. Looking at the cryo-EM structures between yeast and humans, reinforces this message that the machinery is very well conserved. So we can use genetics and biochemistry and bioinformatics to see how this machinery engages with the streamlined genome and understand really fundamental aspects of the splicing reaction. Um, but it's also important to remember that even though not as many yeast genes contain introns or these sequences that get uh, cut out during splicing, the ones that do make up about a third of the messages in a yeast cell. So a significant amount of the energy in the cell is being invested to the process of splicing. And there are other genes that have introns that play really crucial functions in how the cell behaves. Um, so for example, the process of meiosis in yeast is controlled by splicing. And so understanding how splicing is regulated in this streamlined genome and this system that's tractable can give us insights for more complicated, you know, more complicated genomes. And that's exactly what's happened. It's, it's made it possible to look at a simple system and then take that and apply some of the principles to a more complicated splicing challenge for the cell.